This is 8-Minute Market Structure by Texture Capital, bringing you concise expert insight for better markets. And now your host, Richard Johnson. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of 8-Minute Market Structure, where I speak with industry experts and get their take on the most important market structure issues. It's a simple format, the same question for every guest. If you were building a new market structure from scratch and could change one thing, what would it be? It's one topic, no prep calls, just eight minutes of concise expert insight for better markets. My name is Richard Johnson. I'm the founder and CEO of Texture Capital. We're a FINRA member and SEC registered broker dealer focusing on digital asset securities. We help companies and investors uh, in private markets by providing tools for tokenization, issuance, and secondary market liquidity. Today's guest is Virginie O'Shea, who is the founder of Firebrand Research, uh, where she advises on industry trends and developments around fintech, regulatory change, operational strategy, and innovation. Prior to Firebrand, she spent eight years at ITA Group as a research director for the research and investments team with a focus on post-trade and regtech. I am very excited to have Virginie here for many reasons. Uh, she is the first European we've had on the show, apart from me. Um, and also, this is, in fact, the first time we've ever, ever spoken. Um, we've only known each other from social media, which, of course, isn't real life. So uh, great to have you on the show, Virginie. Um, I look forward to he hearing what you want to talk about it. So let me put the question to you. Uh, if you were building a new market structure from scratch and could change one thing, what would it be? Well, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, for that intro. Uh, and certainly it's a pleasure to talk about market structure of all types, um, although I do tend to focus on the plumbing of the industry more, than, more often than not. So that's uh, the less glamorous part of market structure that people tend to overlook, overlook often. So well, that's what we need that. Otherwise, we don't get the trades done. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. People forget about it, though. And, and that's why I, I sort of super specialized in it over the last 20 years. Um, and I've, I've enjoyed the, the recent uptick and in interest in it uh, as an industry. We seem to be getting even regulators and, and uh, politicians debating topics related to market structure. So uh, that's always good. But uh, if there was one thing I was going to change, and I, it's really hard to pick just one, um, I'm sure all of your guests have struggled mm -hmm, with this same absolutely. thing. <laughs> yeah. I would pick... Um, it's attitude, it's attitude, I would say, um, with regards to being less defensive uh, in terms of markets. And this goes on the part of regulators and market structures themselves and being more open to collaboration uh, would be my sort of view as to where we've gone wrong so far um, and okay. what we, we should address. I, I think um, a lot of the issues I see and a lot of complaints we, we get from uh, particularly post-trade infrastructure is interoperability is not there. Um, we have challenges because of proprietary standards um, and, and standards exist everywhere. And there's just so many different flavors of them uh, that cause nightmares um, for operations teams across the globe. And, and regulators themselves don't agree on standards. So I would love to see more co collaboration, cooperation, um, setting things for the, the market structures themselves by the regulators as well. And I know national market protectionism is always the order of the day, but I would love to see more cooperation, collaboration. We talk a good game about collaboration as capital markets participants, but we don't tend to do a hell of a lot of it. Uh, so that's kind of my, my opening salvo is, is please, okay. can people talk to each other more and, and collaborate more, not just talking about collaboration. Well, I, so, you know, I've, I've been working in the United States for, for many years and I'm very familiar with the post-trade over here. I'm somewhat familiar with Europe. I, I, I got to say, I think there's a lot more collaboration over there because you can trade 
all European stocks on Deutsche Börse and, and uh, you know, no matter where they're listed and they're settling cross-border, cross-currency. So there must be some collaboration going, going on there already, there, right? There is to some extent. I would say regulators have forced their hand in terms of, you know, MIFID 1, MIFID 2. We've had uh, the, the idea of this level playing field mm-hmm. to try and force post-trade infrastructures to, to collaborate much more, EMEA likewise in the derivatives realm. But there's still not enough. I mean, and there's still, I think in 2001, uh, the Geneva and any barriers were, were highlighted, you know, the, the, the cross-border uh, barriers to, to trading and clearing and settlement. Um, that has not changed. We've still got massive problems because even the definition of a shareholder per market is different. I mean, this is where we need regulators to kind of up their game, particularly in Europe, to try and get on the same page as each other because it causes so many nightmares um, for <laughs> further downstream for institutional investors and right the way through the chain of intermediaries to the market structures in the post-trade realm as well to deal with all this stuff. So I think that's where we, we do need the we do need regulators to force their hands often, but it would be nice to see more collaboration because things like target two securities were set up in Europe because market structures wouldn't collaborate with each other, right? So the CSDs were not interoperating. They refused but to build the bridges there. Explain that a bit more, what target two securities is. So, I mean, it's it's the pan-European settlement infrastructure that was built by the European Central Bank. Now, it was, it was predicted to take, I think, three years to build, and it took, lo and behold, it took 11 years to build. Uh, it still <laughs> hasn't yeah. quite delivered on the promise of uh, bringing down costs. It, in fact, has brought up costs in certain countries for settlements. Uh, and some of the challenges with it, uh, it, was, it was built by a... A central bank rather than the market yeah. itself and you know what happens when you've got sort of bureaucracy and, and it's not innovation being led by by the market it's innovation being forced by by a sort of a civil service and it's, it's just not not as efficient and and as well thought out as it could be and and it did take a very long time to get uh, into force and and up to speed uh, and we still have problems because the areas around it such as corporate action standards and things that need to make it more interoperable haven't been adopted yet by the market so you always have the market structure putting up their you know they 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 put in their technology investment they do all of this stuff but when it comes to adoption you also have to have collaboration with the market uh, and that hasn't been there yeah. in every country uh, it's it's a minefield in Europe. It really is. So, what what are some of the downstream effects of, I guess, this lack of collaboration on post trade, and what are some of the kind of the potential benefits we could see if things got better? I think the the impacts are generally it costs much more than it should do. We've got um, a lot of errors. We've got settlement failures. Um, if we're looking at sort of recent uh, stats from ESMA at the European level, for example, and I know the SEC and, and uh, Europe, uh, US regulators are looking at the same thing as our MAS and HKMA, settlement failures have gone up um, because we've been forced over the pandemic with vol- you know, volatility has increased. And for yeah. equities, you would think that settlement failures wouldn't be that high, but they've gone up um, to around, they went up to about 10%, um, which is quite high. So <laughs> you think yeah. about, you know, very liquid instruments um so so that's that's a big problem and a lot of regulators are very concerned as to why that's the case but a lot of it's to do with the manual processes that we've got in place because of this lack of collaboration this lack of standardization now you've got the bodies like swift pushing um standards and things like i say 20022 formats which are more flexible i get into the very boring details of plumbing here but i would say that there's a lot of benefits to adopting them but generally they are um benefits that are reducing operational risk and cost 
further down the line you have to make the investment up front and no one likes to spend on the plumbing unless it's leaking all over the place as we all know so that's the challenge I guess um, of convincing the markets to co- collaborate with the market infrastructures when they push changes through yeah. uh, you can see the DTCCs getting somewhere with the T plus uh, one argument that's going over in the US uh, and we'll have to do the same in the rest of the world but the business case is very tough from their perspective. And that's why they need the SEC involved in it, because you just have to have a regulator pushing. Uh, otherwise, yeah. no one spends on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the DTCC did move to T plus two several years ago now, but that was a long journey. And they put out a few papers on, on T plus one, moving to T plus one, which they believe is possible if there's industry buy-in. Um, right. You know, they are... I mean, for want of a better word, a consortium, they're member owned and, and they got to get buy-in from all their members. So, you know, you'd think that, you know, they would be a perfect focal point for collaboration you know, for what you're talking about, because you've got all the key parties, you know, around the table there. But unfortunately, it still often ends up as kind of a bureaucratic mess. And, and you know, that happens with consortium-led um, initiatives, right? Because people have to agree with each other on the basic fundamentals of operational, um, you know, processes and things. And a lot of the um, the ways that people operate is, are very proprietary. Again, this is, comes back to my interoperability and common yeah. standards. We, we just don't have that level of common standard, standardization across the industry. We like to build the better mousetrap. And every, every market infrastructure as it was built thought about these things like they wanted to um i can understand why they had proprietary standards for connectivity for example because they wanted to retain those clients they didn't want to make it easy to move from one place to another place um because you want you want to keep your clients there and you want to hold them there but that's that's not necessarily in this modern age the best way to retain clients right that experience is not good so I, i know that it's the back end and the plumbing but people still notice it right yeah, and the thing I think the other thing is you've had like over 40 years or more layer on top of layer being built on market structure and trying to reimagine that and build a new one is very complex. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on a slight plug for, for texture capital for the digital asset space in general, and that one of the approach one of the reasons and the motivations behind what we're doing here is that we're kind of trying to build a new market structure from scratch. So we're focused on private markets where there isn't a lot of this existing infrastructure and we're using a brand new technology called blockchain. And uh, you know, hopefully that's going to bring some benefits, but not just to settlement, but to transparency, liquidity and, and other things. That's certainly our goal over here at Texture. Uh, Virginie, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. Um, I hope uh, I'm very you know, appreciative you've raised the topic of, of, of post-trade as a, as a key part of market structure. And I hope we can continue talking on social media. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Richard. Thanks a lot. This has been 8-Minute Market Structure. Be sure to follow Texture Capital on LinkedIn, where we will release a new episode every week. You can also find us on Twitter at Texture underscore Capital and on the web at Texture.Capital. The foregoing discussion is for information purposes only and does not constitute a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Private securities offerings are not registered with the SEC and are considered highly speculative. An investment in private securities may result in the loss of your entire capital contribution. Blockchain is a new technology and unproven in financial markets. There is no guarantee that tokenization will enable any secondary market liquidity in the future and your investment may remain illiquid.